Welcome to the Shit Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Broder. Are you ready to shoot the shit? Welcome back to Shit Talk. As per usual, it's Liz Broder. I have an exciting topic today. I talk about an interesting study that gets into the connection between the company you keep and how this impacts the gut microbiome and therefore your health, your mood your immune system, your energy, basically everything we care about. Before I get into that though, I have a brief follow-up from last week's Ozempic and weight loss drug episode. It's just all over the place, so it's hard to stop thinking about, and there's so many articles that come out about it every day. So after I already released the episode, I just had I just have more to say, uh, so sue me. But I just had one last point that I wanted to make about really what I think is going to happen. So this is this is meant more for people who like, if they don't have a true clinical reason to go on it and they're just looking on it, looking to go on it for weight loss, what I think is going to happen based on just history, you've heard me say we make these advancements and we think we're making everything better. And in the end, we just sort of fuck shit up and then have to go back to the original way anyway. So I think as a dietitian and based on people's patterns and human nature, what's going to happen People start taking these drugs and eating whatever they want because they're still losing weight. So they're going to feel like shit, low mood, low energy, poor sleep, low immunity. So getting sick more often because remember diet impacts all these things. Your gut microbiome impacts all these things, which is impacted by your diet. So people will be eating like shit, but losing weight. So they're going to feel good about, okay, I lost that 10 pounds, but I feel terrible. This is going to continue to go on for a while. Then what we're going to do, which is what we always seem to do after we abuse the advancements of science we're going to have to do what we call going back to basics. So like we did it with squatting, like ideal pooping position, squat, have the knees above the hips, invention of the squatty potty. We acted like we, you know, oh my God, we figured this out for the first time. We didn't. This isn't the first time. We used to squat down in the woods, perfect poop position, probably didn't even need to wipe, maybe used a leaf or two, get up and go. Then we had to go do westernized toilets and sewage, which some of that I understand, but the, the angle of the toilet puts us at that 90 degree angle, colon is kinked, we're all walking around constipated. Now we figured out, get back to squatting. It's sort of similar to that. But I think basically people are going to not change their habits, do the quick fix, lose the weight, feel like shit. Their lab values are going to be bad. Doctors are going to be like, yeah, you need to change your diet. So they're all going to have to do, like I just said, quote, go back to basics. The whole, the whole thing they thought they could skip by going on the drugs, Ozempic, Wagovi, semaglutide, whatever, because those help them lose the weight. They don't want to do the habit changes, but they're going to have to change their habits anyway if they actually want to feel good because you may look thin or look healthy, but it doesn't mean you feel healthy. So mark my words, it's only a matter of time before this Ozempic epidemic fades and people are still faced with the idea that they need to change their habits if they want to feel their best. So the weight loss meds may help you lose weight and look better, but how do you think you're going to feel on them if you still have poor habits? And my point here is not that these drugs are bad. It's just that you really need to maintain and implement healthy habits while on them or you will get sick and you will feel like shit. And when you go off of them, you will gain the weight back. So I just wanted to point that out. Save yourself a step. Invest in yourself. Change the habits. Feel your best. Okay. Just saying. Just saying. Moving on. Today's shit talk was actually inspired by an Instagram post by Dr. Amy Shaw. Her handle is at FastingMD. We're not friends. I just make that clear. She has no idea I exist. I just happen to follow her. I like her content. And I found this really interesting. 
She was referencing a 2023 study from the journal called Nature. I've referenced a lot of studies from that journal. But basically, the study she was talking about showed us the company you keep, those you live with, those you're in a long-term romantic relationship with, in this term, was talking about spouses, all of that impacts your microbes and your gut microbiome. So this is interesting to me. And one of Dr. Shaw's points was that basically who you spend time with impacts your mood, impacts your success, impacts your health, motivation, immunity, et cetera, because the gut microbiome impacts all of these things. Um, and she was referencing a study that talked a lot about twins. So I talk about that study. There's a few other studies that I will talk about as well. I just want to say that clear up front. This was fascinating to me because I'm someone who has always judged people on the company they keep. I judge myself on the company I keep. And if I feel someone's dead weight, if I feel someone's out of my level, if I feel they're a negativity spreader, if I feel why am I around this person? Like you have friends and you know why they're your friends. If I have people I'm consistently seeing and I'm like, why am I seeing this person? Why is this person in my life? Then it's trim the fat, immediate, get rid of them. See ya. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. So I've always been very big into that. All my friends know that. I have not hesitated to cut dead weight negative friends who, you know, I'm not going to sit here and carry on, but just there was no purpose in having them in my life. So I'm a big believer in that. And then now here comes science on they impact your gut microbiome and therefore your motivation, even your success, Dr. Amy Shaw was talking about, and just immunity, your overall health, all sorts of things. So I love that. It just further proves my point. Curate the company you keep. So getting into the research, research has shown that married individuals who live together and marital-like relationships, so people who live together that are not on paper married, but in a long-term relationship, have better health than those that are unpartnered. And this is speaking in adults. So this is not wildly new. We know from studies, from years of studies, that social support may impact our health by reinforcing things like healthy habits, reducing the impacts of stress, and preventing unhealthy, like self-soothing tactics like smoking and drinking. And we see this actually in the blue zones. So the blue zones are where, I think there's like five or six of them. It's the longest living people and the healthiest, longest living people. So there we've seen the positive impacts of community having people around you, supporting you. And many of them, I don't know, what I always love about a lot of the Blue Zones, a lot of them garden. They have these close-knit communities, highly anti-inflammatory diets, and a lot of walking. Um, If you're not familiar, I'd say look it up. Some of them are Okinawa, Japan, Sardinia, Italy, Loma Linda, California. There's a place in Costa Rica. I feel badly, but I'm forgetting the exact name. And then Caria, Greece. Um, So there's five or six of them. It's really fascinating, but that's what a lot of them have in common. And the social support is a big one, having a tight-knit community and people around you. So love that. Additional research has pointed to stress-related biological processes that may also contribute to the positive impacts of social relationships through changes in inflammatory processes, metabolic syndrome, and neurological function. Now, the gut microbiome has also been shown to link human relationships and health. We know that. The microbial communities that inhabit mammals have profound effects on biological, excuse me, on biology and health, as we know here at Chit Talk, and the gut microbiota impacts host health in a million ways, and host meaning us, the people. It impacts things like brain function, how we metabolize drugs and nutrients, our mood through the gut-brain access, and even immune system, immune functioning, and development. So like I mentioned, a few studies have found that individuals living together 
had more similar gut and skin microbiota than those who don't live with someone. Individuals living alone are on average more socially isolated than those living with someone. And animal studies have generally shown that social isolation leads to decreased microbial diversity. Interesting. As I've already discussed in various episodes, decreased microbial diversity is associated with things like obesity, cardiac disease, type 2 diabetes, and a range of other inflammatory disorders. So we don't want low diversity. We want high microbial diversity. If there's one thing you take from this podcast, please let it be that. You want microbial diversity. So in this 2023 study from Nature, individuals that were living with a spouse or a partner had more similar microbiota composition with their cohabitating spouse or partner, as well as higher microbial diversity and richness than unmarried non-cohabitating individuals. So long story short, those who were married or in a long-term relationship and living with the spouse or partner had richer microbial diversity. Those unmarried living alone had less diversity, less richness in their gut microbiome. Social interactions with relatives and friends were stronger predictors of gut microbial diversity in the individuals not living with a partner than in cohabitating spouses and partners. So it seems single people interact with relatives and friends more, perhaps because they don't have a spouse. So their gut microbiota and gut diversity mimicked those they spent the most time with, the relatives and the friends. Did you know, I found this pouring through the research. I did not know this. I thought it was really interesting. Previous studies have established that the GI microbiota, the gut microbiome, reaches an adult-like configuration by ages three to five years old. So apparently by the time you're five years old, your gut microbiome is at an adult-like configuration or we'll say adult maturity. I found that to be wild. And like they say, you learn something new every day. I definitely learned something new that day, but didn't know that. And it's just interesting that basically your gut microbiome is at the adult-like configuration by the time you're five. But meanwhile, it can be impacted much further down the line by someone you're in a long-term relationship with living, like someone you're in a long-term relationship with living with. So long-term partner, long-term spouse. Very interesting. Adult factors like marriage with partners living together appear to have a greater influence on the adult, adult gut microbiota than the early life, life environment, for example, like your siblings or even genetics. So that was my point there. I think that's so interesting. And who knew? Especially too, for me, like as a divorced individual, I'm wondering how my gut microbiota has changed from, you know, when I met my ex-husband, I was single. How was it then versus our, you know, nine years together through marriage, living together. And then how is it now? I've been away from him for three years living alone. And this is where, you know, my nerdy dietitian comes out. I would have loved to have tracked this. Obviously I didn't go into it thinking I'd get divorced. So didn't know to uh, take note of my microbial shifts <laughs> in the matter, but it would be so interesting to see how it's changed. And according to this science, it was my gut microbiome would have been less rich, less diverse before I met him and richer, more diverse while we were living together. And then now when I've been living alone, according to this research, my gut microbiome should be less diverse and less rich. But I have to say, I don't know if that's necessarily true, just based on how I feel and my health overall in these last three years. So I just think that would be fascinating to see though, like if we could follow long-term relationships and obviously it's tough to predict what'll last and what won't, even with the 50% divorce rate, but seeing how people, how their gut microbiomes look when they enter a relationship, how it changes as they live with them, 
and then how it changes if they do break up on the other end. I think that would be so interesting to see. And yeah, I mean, I, like I said, didn't, didn't know to do that, but I, I, I find it hard to believe mine is less diverse and less rich now than it was while I was living with someone just because my health is so much better. Like I just, my mood is better. I feel better. Immunity is up, all that. And maybe it's just because I have a good diet. Who knows? But definitely something I thought about. Really interesting. So anyway, moving on. Using data from twins, the longer people live apart, the fewer shared species in their gut microbiome. So shared strains were shown to be 12% shared from the gut, 32% orally, meaning 12% of the gut microbiome strains were shared and 32% in the mouth were shared between cohabitating individuals. And an effect like this might be induced by close physical interaction, like kissing, even when such interaction doesn't start until adulthood, which we did touch on earlier. We also see that strain sharing between partners is partially reversible over long periods. This is where the twin information becomes interesting. So for example, twins who share a majority, if not 100% of their DNA, showed a decrease in their initial strain sharing of around 30%. So say they start with 30% sharing, decreased down to 10% over 30 years of living apart. That's wild. So twins could share more microbial strains in common with their spouse than with their actual twin. I think that's pretty fascinating. If you think about like the DNA, because it's showing here really, you know, the nature versus nurture debate that goes on forever. On one hand, they share the DNA. Also, we can assume we're raised together, nature and nurture here. But when they move and they live in different scenarios that are separated, while they still have the common DNA, their microbiome actually shifts to represent more of the person they're sharing with, they're in a long-term relationship with. So it's really fascinating. It's bigger than bigger than your DNA. So why is this important or interesting? Well, as I've mentioned, have you heard the company you keep? Your gut is basically the company you keep. I know that's a broad statement, but it is true to an extent. Your health is the company you keep. So if the gut microbiome influences so many aspects of our health, our immunity, inflammation, metabolism, mood via the gut-brain axis, etc., and your company influences that gut microbiome, you could see how A equals B, B equals C, and A equals C. So your company impacts your microbiome and therefore your microbial diversity, your mood, your immune system, inflammation, metabolism, inflammatory responses, obesity, and more. So I'm just dropping this episode out there to say to everyone, keep that in mind the next time you're getting into a relationship or choosing to share a household with someone. And I have to say, reflecting, I probably spend the most time with Sadie. If you're a new listener, Sadie is my 12-pound toy Australian shepherd. She is sleeping on the couch. I just said her name. She did not even bat an eye. This girl gives zero fucks and it's kind of amazing. But I have to say, I'd be proud to have a gut microbiome that mimics hers. Studies have shown that kids who grow up with dogs have stronger immune systems and better microbial diversity and get sick less often. So that makes sense. They're exposed to more microbes from their dogs. I can tell you Sadie has not only improved my mental health, but I'd imagine she's also improved my gut health and my immunity. So She's the probiotic I take every day and don't even know it. You gotta love dogs. Must love dogs or honestly, get away from me. I'm just kidding. Sort of. I want to wrap up. I just want to say, this is a reminder that yes, this research emphasizes about the company you keep and its impact on your gut and therefore your health. And it's fascinating. But I do want to remind you, other aspects impact our gut health. It's not just where you live, who you're living with, who you're kissing, you know, that we talked about the oral strains earlier. 
because you have to remember the modern day living that we're in now provides just the perfect shitstorm for screwing up your gut, at least here in America. Americans are stressed. We have less social interaction than ever. We spend less time in nature than ever. Our diets are crappy, higher in sugar, lower in fiber than ever. Fiber, fruits, veggies, whole grains. Everything's over sanitized. Everyone abuses antibiotics. These things kill off healthy bacteria in the gut. So all these factors influence your gut microbiota and are most likely to continue impacting our microbiota and our behavior and our mental state. And I'm sure things we haven't even uncovered or discovered yet. So not only ask yourself, should I be getting into a relationship with this person? Should I be living with them? It's going to impact my gut microbiota. But ask yourself, am I supporting myself for optimal gut health? What does my diet look like? Am I stressed? What's my stress management? Am I getting outside? Company, diet, nature, all of that impacts your overall health through the gut. So time for some spring cleaning. Yeah, I don't mean over sanitize, like I just mentioned, that's not good for the gut, but spring cleaning, take some things into account, look at your, look at the company you keep, look at your life, get that fiber, get outside, get moving. Everything we talk about here, all of that impacts your gut and therefore your health. So it's really just an all encompassing thing. It's not just, oh, I have a perfect diet. Oh, I have the perfect spouse. It can't be, it, you know, all of this dictates the gut health. It's a full picture scenario here. So do everything you can in your power to maintain the healthiest gut possible. That includes social interaction, who you're living with, and things like your diet, things like your hydration, movement, and stress. Keep all that in mind. It's amazing what impacts the gut and that impacts the brain and our health. So it's an old message, same shit, different day here at, at Shit Talk, but just, you know, as the science comes out and just continues to show us the impact things have on our gut, it's important to get the information out there. And that's why I'm here. So take that into account. Have an amazing week. And I'll see you next week. <laughs>